the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Getting into the last of April. Unbelievable that this uh, this uh, month has moved along pretty doggone quick. I'm surprised that uh, any of us uh, are not saying that the month is moving along at all, being cooped up in our houses all this time. I mean, yesterday, I don't know about you, but because it rained and we were stuck in the house, uh, yesterday seemed like it went on, you know, forever. Now, I'll be honest with you, it was just kind of a slow day. I just kind of kicked back. I took it easy. I, uh, I played chef last night with my family and, uh, you know, got the green beans and the corn and all that, and made some steaks that I told you I was going to do uh, Wednesday of last week when I saw, saw Kroger had some steaks on sale. Picked them up and uh, and cooked them last night. Everybody enjoyed that. But other than that, yesterday just kind of crawled by. I mean, it went slow, uh, but was a uh, a great, uh, I guess, an all right day that you could just kick back and relax. But what else have we been doing? I mean, I've been getting my work done. I've been here with you every day, Monday through Friday, and, and then with you for an hour on Saturday with the car and truck doctors. But uh, you know, all in all, uh, there hasn't been a whole lot uh, to do. I mean, look, all the stores are closed uh, other than the grocery stores and stuff like that. And there's there's only so much that perusing of the aisles in Walmart you can do. And now they've got people that are like walking around and it, it looks like you're just, you know, aisle shopping. Uh, they slow you up and say, hey, uh, are you here for anything specific? You know, that kind of stuff. So. It was a little bit slow. This week is going to be pretty nice, at least the first half. Uh, today, mostly sunny, warmer, high of 73. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, uh, nice. It's going to be 78 tomorrow. Wednesday, though, uh, some rain coming in the area. So if you're hoping to mow the lawn, uh, probably tomorrow's going to be the day to do it. Let it dry today, then get out and chop it down tomorrow. My son-in-law came over to my house, pulled the blades off of my Lawnmower took them to his house and and uh, ground them so that they're nice and sharp again. And he's ready, uh, brought them back and put them back on the uh, the lawnmower. So we're ready to get back out there and at least uh, mow those down, mow that. Uh, well, I don't know if it's mowing it now or out there uh, baling it, but uh, anyway, I uh, gotta get out and get the, the front lawn looking decent. Wednesday, strong thunderstorms across the area, sixty seven 
degrees, all right, 67 degrees. So cold front coming in. Uh, that, uh, of course, is going to make for some unsettled weather in our area. Currently, looking at the temperatures, we've got uh, a heavy fog uh, uh, warning for Cabot and Conway. Both of us sitting at 70, what, 48 in Conway, 47 in Cabot. Hot Springs is at 48. Pine Bluff at 53. And Little Rock is uh, sitting at 49. Well, I hope you were able to enjoy church service yesterday. Uh, I was on YouTube, and uh, Pastor Rick Bizet of New Life Church uh, was delivering the message uh, there, and I watched that. And he had a couple on, and they were fantastic. Uh, they they were talking about yesterday's uh, sermon was about pain and how does pain play out in our lives and you know, why does the Lord allow pain to come into our lives and things of that nature? It was great teaching by Brother Rick. But uh, uh, I think her name was Ellen was on. And I'm going to try to get this piece of audio so you can hear it. Because she's so well, uh, she so, she's so articulate, does a great job of, of uh, delivering this. And, you know, a lot of us are always saying, what if? What if this happens? What if that happens? And a lot of that's going on. Uh, a lot of that's going on right now uh, because uh, we all get nervous. A lot of us get more nervous than others. I'm not the nervous type. I, I tend to uh, lean the way Ellen was talking yesterday, but she came up with a really nice statement. I want to share it with you today. Uh, if you're a person who who believes in God, who believes uh, in Jesus, who's a Jesus follower, what she had to say was really apropos for what the time we're going through. Uh, she and her husband uh, lost a baby at 14 weeks pregnancy, had a miscarriage, and that was devastating to them. And uh, they, uh, they had just basically uh, got through that, from what I understood, and uh, Ellen was supposed to uh, speak at a woman's event for New Life Church and got word that her father, she didn't say what had happened, what he was stricken with, but he was rushed to the hospital, put in I, uh, you know, ICU, and uh, a few days later he passed away. And she was talking during this woman's event, and I'm going to get this. I've already talked to Pastor Rick about it so that we can play it for you. But she said her whole life had been directed. She was one of those kind of people that were what-if people. You know, what if the job dries up? What if this happens? What if we have bad weather? All that kind of stuff. And she, she was taught by God that it's not what-if, it's even-if. And what she meant by that is, even if this bad thing happens, God is still there. Even if, let's say, your spouse is unfaithful to you, God is always faithful. Even if sickness comes, God is the great healer. And it's really great to be able to look, I believe, at life that way. And as believers, I think that we all should be able to look that way. And it makes your life 
a lot more positive and a lot, and I'm not saying that you know it's putting on rose colored glasses and everything is sunny and uh, Rebecca at Sunnybrook Farm and all of that. No, you deal with the reality. But look, the reality is we we have a relationship with the God of the universe, and if we do, then it is that you know what if it's even if. Even if the sky falls in, God is faithful. So I just thought that I'd share that with you this morning. I thought it was great yesterday uh, in the in the sermon. I heard another preacher say uh, that uh, when you're praying, even though if there's some delay, that doesn't mean it's a denial. Delay does not mean denial, and we've got to remember that. Thought that was a good one yesterday as well. Little tidbits that I like to store away and uh, and use in my own life. Well, last week, uh, Katie Tolento was on with us, and we were talking to her about COVID-19. In our conversation, we got into talking about China. I want to reshare that with you. I think you should hear it. Uh, we're going to hear from her, and then we'll go directly into a break, because I know right now that uh, back at the station... Uh, Heidi's going, oh, my God, Dave, you're going at 15 with her. Uh, we got the time. We'll get her in. Let's do it now. Here's Katie, uh, Dr. T- uh, Katie Tolento. Talk to Katie uh, Tolento. She has joined us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. She's with the Republican National Committee. The big story that came out today was out of Wuhan, and they have increased their death total overnight by 50 Thanks, Dave, for having me. Um, this is not a surprise. All along, we knew that the case counts in China were, well, the case counts especially were undercounted because they weren't testing very many people. But the death counts were also um, undercounted. Their their healthcare system was totally overwhelmed. And so because of that, there were many people that were not getting care and were not getting even into the hospital and were dying at home. Those people were not being counted. So that's the primary reason why today they're saying, that these new counts are are legitimate now. Now they're legitimate. Don't you right. worry. Yeah, don't worry. I think that they're still underreporting. What what say you? I'm sure that's the case. Um, you can always just sort of add a couple of zeros to anything the Chinese tell us. Wow, wow. I mean, that goes. I think they 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 jumped up to like 3,800 deaths. That means we could be talking about 38,000 or 380,000. We just don't know. We don't, and and I think it could be that off. Wow, what do we do about the? You know, what do we do about China? I mean, I'm going to get into WHO as well because we got to do some things about them as well. But uh, you know, this whole thing with uh, with China, uh, Japan now has got a national movement going uh, with all of their politicians to not do business with China. I mean, look, the love hate relationship we've known about that between the, the Chinese and the Japanese for years. Uh, it's not all peace and harmony along the uh, Pacific Rim. Uh, what is this going to mean for uh, uh, the Chinese? Did they just not report today? Uh, second quarter is going to be down like six percent. I doubt that. I doubt that, that that's not 12 percent uh, as far as their GDP goes. Right. I think their economic figures are probably as uh, reliable as their health figures. But I, I'm not an ex- economic expert. I, I do the health side of the operation. But I think that um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of calls for punitive measures against China. 
However, of course, remember that our country, even though it's it's better than it was before President Trump took office, we still are extremely interdependent economically and in many other ways on China. So uh, there's a lot, especially in the medical realm. We have a, we're reliant on them for many medications and supplies and devices are manufactured there. This is a huge problem that we're going to need to take on in the coming year. Yeah, it's like a Gordian knot, in fact. I mean, it's going to take a while to untangle this thing. Yeah, I think that's right. There are already a lot of moves going on to bring manufacturing of pharmaceuticals and essential supplies over back to the United States. Um, obviously, the president has probably been the cheerleader in chief of this type of policy ever since he was campaigning. Honestly, ever since decades ago, he was talking yes. about this issue. So he, he was prescient, I believe. But people made fun of him, you know. Oh, they did. I mean, they still look. Biden made fun yeah. of the president uh, and uh, he's going to have to live with that one over the next uh, 199 days. That's how many days there is to the election, by the way. Let's talk about the World Health Organization on The View. Lindsey Graham went on and uh, went into the tiger's den and the lion's den and told them we had to cut funding to the World Health Organization, because as he said about himself, he says about he feels Congress, nobody trusts the World Health Organization right now with the people that they have at the top and they need to go. Yeah, I think that's right. This is this is the culmination of many years of problems with the World Health Organization. I was doing oversight investigations in the Congress over a decade ago about their fumbling of the malaria drugs pushing out obsolete and ineffective malaria drugs to children around the world. And and the only thing that worked then, and still the only thing that gets their attention, is when you threaten the money. They're incapable of shame. They're incapable of any sort of accountability or transparency. When you threaten money, that's when they start thinking about changing policies. So I think the president is absolutely right. He's the only president to have ever come close to doing anything like this in decades. You know, this isn't the only United Nations organization that is, uh, you know, a problem. He's been calling out the Human Rights Council and others. And so, you know, he's got the courage to take this on. And, you know, the world liberal intelligentsia is is criticizing him and, and howling in hysterics that somehow this money is, is going to harm the world. I'm telling you, when you've got lying like this and you've got covering up and corruption, that, you know, it's a violation of the Hippocratic Oath to first do no harm. I, I think that you're seeing a bunch of European countries who are saying, oh, well, we'll step in and, and we'll make up the cash. Great. Maybe they should have been doing that all along. And we could f- focus on our bilateral programs direct to other countries. Well, perhaps you can talk about this. A lot of people have asked me, why is this guy that's at the top such a, a lover of China? And the, the, the answer to that is he's an avowed Marxist, isn't he? Isn't he a isn't he a communist? That's what I've heard. I am not familiar with his personal ideologies, but I will say that when I was in the White House, we had to, um, you know, we had to take on this guy on a couple issues. And he was not our first choice for the leadership of the WHO. Um, We weren't happy about it. And, you know, so far, all our worst fears have been realized. Yeah. Now that we pulled our money back, it it amazes me uh, that uh, they, you know, that this guy has thrown all his weight behind China. When you consider that even though China gives uh, quite a bit of money, uh, they, they don't even come close to what we give to the World Health uh, 
organization, you would think that they'd want to pay pay some attention to what the United States is doing. Have we been that weak teed all this time? Yeah, you know, the, the Chinese have been sort of colonizing the WHO long before this guy. So um, during the SARS epidemic, there was a woman who was a health commissioner of Hong Kong named Margaret Chan. She was widely criticized for bungling um, the, the SARS response. But then she became the head of the WHO. So that was about 13 years ago. And so this is just, you know, a long history of the WHO kowtowing to China. It isn't the first time. What's worse is, you know, the way they treat Taiwan. They won't let Taiwan have Mm -hmm. a seat at the table at the WHO. If you try to recognize Taiwan, China goes totally crazy. Well, in December, it was Taiwan who was telling the WHO that this was human human to human transmission. While the Chinese were still lying about that and covering it up and silencing doctors, doctors who were dying of, of COVID, they, the Taiwanese were telling the WHO the truth. And what's more, you know, there are whistleblowers of doctors at WHO who are now saying that they knew right from the start, talking in December, they knew from the start that this, that this was contagious human to human. But the WHO continued lying through the end of January. Oh, my God. So, they, uh, they've killed thousands, hundreds of thousands of people then. I believe they have blood on their hands. Yes. That's incredible. I mean, the world needs to know this. I mean, I know they've had memos that have suddenly appeared and things of that nature uh, with with China's fingerprints on them and things of that nature. This this is uh, this is unbelievably terrible. We've got China uh, knew that this was, uh, uh, you know, person to person transmission because they went out and started buying up all of the devices that they could that they knew the countries would be needing to to be able to treat this disease it's this is disgusting they absolutely knew it dave they were they sent in two special teams from beijing to investigate what was going on in wuhan both teams came back and officially said there was no problem but in their internal memos they used the word pandemic and they were very uh seriously concerned and started putting out quarantine and lockdown measures that they did not publicize, but that they issued these orders to healthcare providers and wow. other government officials who were not allowed to say anything publicly. See, this makes this really so serious. I mean, uh, yeah, this gets to the point that what do we what do we do with these people? How do we? I mean, I think there's got to be some trials uh, done. People lost their lives because of people not sharing necessary information and, in fact, falsifying information. That that should be, you know world crime type of stuff well at the very least we can stop subsidizing it so i oh, think absolutely is exactly right he's exactly right despite all the howls and the and the hysteria um from the globalists he is he is doing the right thing to put a pause um and it's not just the globalists but you know you also have the democrat leadership who are um, threatening to sue him and challenge this policy um so he's going to need to stay strong over the next couple months as he reviews what what happened at the WHO, but I, I have no doubt that he will. You said that the president needs to stay strong on this. Seems to me that, uh, you know, this is money Congress has uh, allocated for him to make the decision on how it gets spent. Is that not true? Yeah, so most of the WHO money is not directly appropriated by Congress to the WHO. <clears throat> there are a few earmarks that are small that are that are directly ordered by Congress to go to the WHO for a specific program. And in that case, even in that case, the president has until the end of the fiscal year to write that check. So he has plenty of time to do his review and come back to Congress and try to make his case if, he, if that review turns out that he thinks he should recommend um, 
you know, pulling the money back. But most of the money is not, it's what we call voluntary contributions. And so we just, you know, uh, let's say we've got a malaria program and Congress has appropriated money for malaria. And then the State Department or the U.S. Agency for International Development decides of their own discretion that they should spend some of that malaria money that Congress allocated to go to the WHO. That is not required legally to go to the WHO. We could spend that on bilateral programs instead of multilateral organizations. So in no way does, does he have to report to Congress about that. That is fully in his discretion. So I'm not quite sure what um, the Speaker of the House is complaining about when she she says that his action is illegal. He is completely within his rights um, to, to be doing what he's doing and, and taking a hard look at how this money has been spent and exactly what the WA knew and when they knew it and what they said to the world and why. You know, if I were the Democrats, I wouldn't want to be on the other side of this argument because that makes you look like you don't have any problem that the WHO was complicit in bringing down the world's economy. Well, they're so busy trying to, you know, save half a billion dollars to the United Nations. Meanwhile, they're they're obstructing $250 billion to America's small businesses and the Paycheck yes. Protection Program program that's run out of money. So I, I think they've got their priorities out of whack. Katie, it's been a pleasure. You have a great day. Thanks so much, Dave. Take care. All right. All right, about 25 seconds, and we'll get you a, a one-minute news break, get you up to date on what's coming uh, uh, out in the world right now. When we get back to the show, uh, I'll be talking about some of the big stories that people are starting to discuss for this new week. All of that is yours to be had right here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. Well, the first hour has gone quick. We're uh, into the last segment here. Uh, of the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget today, mostly sunny and warmer with a high of 73. Uh, in Little Rock right now, the temperature is 49. Uh, in Conway, 48. In Cabot, 47. Back to 48 in Hot Springs and all the way up to 53 in Pine Bluff. But uh, looking for a high of 73 tomorrow. More of uh, today, uh, mostly sunny nice and uh, 78 degrees tomorrow uh, i uh, spent saturday since it was such a nice day so sky was so blue and not a lot of wind and stuff i finished burning the leaves in the backyard and uh, i went out i i'm sure you've like me have seen the ads on tv and on uh, facebook and stuff about uh, crystal clear that's the stuff you hook up to your hose and you spray your windows and and, and that way it, it cleans them. Uh, well, what you might not know is that if you go over to one of the big box stores uh, or I'm sure Home Depot or Lowe's or someplace like that, uh, Windex has the exact same product, product that you can pick up. Uh, we picked up a couple bottles of it. I used one bottle of it uh, this weekend on my uh, back of my house on the windows, and I got to tell you what, that stuff works pretty darn good. Uh, now I'm going to do my front lo- windows. Probably, I got, I got to get done with the show today, and then I got to go see the doctor, and then I got to go do the, the hyperbaric chamber for a couple hours. Probably get home and be ready just to kind of kick back and relax, um, and so won't be uh, doing any windows today. But tomorrow. Probably so. So need to pick up a sponge, a large sponge, 
that I can use uh, tomorrow so that when I spray these with the first thing you do is you hook it up to a hose. Then you spray the window down to uh, put water on it and kind of loosen the dirt. Then you turn the little uh, uh, tab on the top and put it on soap and the Windex uh, soap comes out and uh, it shoots that hard against the windows and you make sure that you start from the top and go to the bottom and and hit that uh, that window really good and you leave your screens on because it cleans your screens as well and uh, you do that and then you put it on rinse again and you rinse it off and it does a, a good job did a real good job on my back windows but the front windows have uh, are really showing the dirt and grime so uh, I'm going to get myself a sponge, and as I do the cleaning process, I'll turn it off after I soap up the windows and and use the uh, uh, sponge to wipe it and really loosen up all the dirt and grime and stuff, and then turn on the uh, the rinse again and rinse it all off. And no streaks, folks. I'm just telling you, no streaks whatsoever. Uh, you can go around your window frame, go around, you know, the, the top of the uh, you know, your facet uh, the up on top, clean that out, uh, away and stuff. Did a really good job. I was really uh, pl- uh, pleased about that because I haven't gotten my um, my power washer up and running really good. Uh, I'll get that going here hopefully before the weekend. And then this weekend, if we got fairly nice weather, then it's time for me to power wash the, the back patio and the deck and all of that. And I might even wash the house and knock all the dirt from the winter off of it you know just typical spring cleaning stuff and uh, you know what's really hard to find though uh i've been trying to find chase lounges now i found some but i'm looking for a chase lounge that's in my uh, my pocketbook range it's been stunning to me how much they want for those things. I mean, you know, those are the ones that you can lay out flat if you want to go out and catch some rays or whatever. Or you can just, you know, sit there and keep your feet extended out in front of you and relax. And I, and I like to do that and, uh, you know, sit by the above-ground pool that I've got. I love the sound of listening to, just listen to the, the water gurgle and, and sit out there and do that. And, uh, but those things are they're freaking expensive. I mean, I'm I'm looking and I'm thinking, well, eighty, ninety-five dollars maybe, you know. Well, sixty dollars if you buy a plastic one, if you can find them. Uh, you know, you go to Lowe's, and I was trying to do it on their uh, 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 internet site, and what ended up happening is, uh, I found I found them, and they would send them to the store, but I had to go pick it and. And Cabot wasn't getting any. So the nearest one was going to be Searcy. So I'm, you know, 40 miles there, 40 miles back to to go ahead and uh, and bring them back. Because I'm going to tell you what, I'm not going to let them uh, deliver them. My son-in-law, uh, he decided to let them deliver it to him. They, they charged him 85 bucks to bring two plastic uh, chase lounges down to him. I mean, it's crazy. Eighty-five dollars. Gas is like a dollar twenty-one in Cabot right now. And it's going to go down lower. Gas prices crashed today by over four dollars a barrel. It's the lowest it's been in like forty years. Hang on for under a dollar gasoline in the next week or a half or so. 
But yeah, but the typical price going to Amazon.com and, and comparing Wayfair and all the other ones is like $190 for tubular steel that you can sit on. That doesn't count the cushion, which can run you 100 bucks in and of itself. So you're looking at 200 and something dollars. We may not have, just letting you know, we may not uh, have have Chase Lounges on the uh, the deck this year at the Ellswick residence. All right. Yes, I am that cheap. So Dave Ellswick Show, we'll be back after the news at the top of the hour. And Robert Steinbach will join me. we got a lot of stuff still to talk about. There's still a lot of things to discuss here uh, this morning. Stick with us. we got more coming your way at 108, 108, 101.8. Let me try it one more time. 101.1 here Oh, on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's early. get into the 7 o'clock hour. A lot of you are on your way into work now. Let me bring you up to date on the weather. I'll give you the big stories uh, from this morning thus far. And then Robert Steinbach can uh, jump in as he so uh, aptly can do. He's the law professor over at Bowen School of Law at UALR. His opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of the uh, Bowen School of Law or UALR, although they should be, as I like to remind everybody. Uh, big stories today uh, have been, uh, over the weekend, many, many protests broke out over the United States and Texas and California and Arizona and Washington State and Michigan State and Indiana and, and other states uh, just fed up, I mean, just fed up uh, with the shutdown and are asking uh, governors to begin reopening their states up again. I, I tend to agree with them. Uh, I think you and I as uh, adults can make up our mind whether we would want to go out, let's say, and, and have dinner somewhere 
You know, I kind of would like to go out to Chewy's. I like Chewy's. Go out there and have some of that uh, jalapeno dip they got and maybe some little bit of cheese dip and uh, some of their tacos. Like eating at Chewy's, and you know they're gonna they're, they're gonna follow social show, uh, social distancing. They'll move the tables apart some and things of that nature. Uh, the you know the wait staff will be wearing their uh, their masks and things of that nature. So I'm I'm ready to get out and get about a little bit more. Did that yesterday, as I told you last hour. Went out to uh, to Lowe's and and looked at a few things, not plants. I looked at. Uh, trying to find some chase lounges for the deck and just was not sticker shock sticker shock alert alert i mean that's exactly what it was uh, i couldn't believe they want chase lounges just tubular steel they want like 320 dollars for one of those things it amazed me but i i think people can kind of make up their own minds on a lot of this stuff and I understand governors are stuck between a rock and a hard place. You know, they know that here's what they know. If they hold on uh, and uh, they wait and then they open up and nothing happens, then they can say, see, I, I, I erred on the side of caution and nothing happened. But then if they open and, and some people, some, it's a, it's a minority, but some people say, look, you had a little spike in this town or whatever, then uh, they're going to be on the defensive, and that makes it difficult for them, and they don't want to be on the defensive. I mean, after all, they depend on people to vote for them, so they want to make make sure that they don't end up in somebody's uh, election ad because they opened the economy up too soon. Uh, you got that. That's a big story that, uh, of course, has been going on uh, when to open, when not to open, and, and all the rest. Uh, other, uh, the other big story today, a couple of them. One, looks like uh, the Republicans and Democrats have come to an agreement and probably will vote as early as tomorrow to add that additional money uh, into the PPP. Uh, also, they're going to direct that money to small businesses so that people like publicly traded Companies like Ruth Chris doesn't go in and, and dip in for $20 million or whatever. So that's going on. And then gas prices have taken a significant dive today. Uh, a barrel of oil fell by over $4 today. Uh, I think I, I saw that's the lowest oil has been uh, since about 1977. Uh, and that would have been probably right before the oil embargo. So uh, unbelievable what's going on with oil. I mean, when when the economy is down and nobody's open and doing business and nobody's driving anywhere, guess what? Don't need a lot of oil, don't need a lot of gas. And that's just the way it is right now. All right, Robert Steinbach is with us. It's going to be uh, mostly sunny today, uh, Robert. It's going to be warmer than yesterday, 18 degrees warmer. It'll be 73 degrees today. It was pretty ch- chilly yesterday with the rain and everything. But uh, how are you today, sir? How was your weekend? I'm doing well. Thank you, Dave. Maybe I should have waited to go running today rather than yesterday in the rain. Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably would have been a good day. Did you come home and have a, you know, have, have something like a peppermint toddy or something? just a hot shower although the upside of running yesterday was not seeing 
those uh, in my neighborhood, <clears throat> there tends to be these families, uh, mothers that take their kids out and they put them in the middle of the street because there's not much traffic. And it frankly doesn't strike me as a smart idea, particularly where I live. We people have got properties that are of decent size. I'm in the city, so they're not huge. But right. I think people should be keeping their kids on the lawn rather than in the middle of the street. Yeah, at least they're not uh, zero. What do they call it? Zero lots or whatever. Where your, yeah, zero line your house. Yeah, your house touches the house next to you that's what i grew up in when i lived uh, as a kid up in chicago literally uh if whatever was going on in your house everybody next door knew what was going on in your house because everybody could hear what was going on so if your dad was yelling at you and screaming at you uh you, it would only be a, a little a little later in the day than uh, your buddy next door was calling you on the phone saying man why was your dad eating your butt <laughs> Exactly. As everybody knew everybody else's business uh, at that time. So what do you, what's your take on reopening here, uh, Robert? Uh, Germany is reopening today. They're, they're, uh, they're, they're opening some of their businesses back up and things of that nature. Um, I kind of think it's time. I mean, I'm not saying it's the time in New York, but it looks like in New York they've reached their pinnacle and now they're starting to go down. But Vermont, I heard, is opening today. Texas looks like they're opening, and South Carolina are reopening. I, I think we can reopen in in Arkansas. To be honest, the only place that I'm seeing that they're having problems is in the prisons. It's a really good question, Dave. And I, as we've discussed on your show the last several weeks, I tend to be more cautious on these things. I tend to be more of a germaphobe uh, than the average person as well. And those are obviously related in this context. And so uh, I don't, first of all, I don't know the answer when we should reopen. But as I've mentioned to you before, excuse me, I think we should reopen slowly, meaning I think uh, the the governor should pick sort of the next stage of businesses that uh, should reopen and reopen them and then thereafter another type of business and slowly roll it out. I don't think we should do sort of a broad reopening. Uh, and I think that will allow us to gauge better uh, whether we are going to have a resurgence. That's the real risk here, Dave. It's that as the numbers go down, there are still likely people who are infected and don't know it. And then they go out and they spread it. And then we have an uptick in the graph Uh, and the number of people who are infected. And again, once you get sort of to some critical mass, then the the spreading happens more quickly. It's geometric. It's not arithmetic. And so that's my concern, and that's why I think we need to do all of this very slowly. Well, the only problem that I have with that is what we know about this virus is that there's Millions of people running around that are asymptomatic. They have the virus. We just don't know that they have the virus. And they show no indication of having the virus. So, I mean, how long do you wait? Doctors are have no idea. And I, I think it's like the flu or any other bug. And you're just going to have to get out there and, and uh, you know, we'll develop a little bit of a herd immunity if we get out and, and get exposed a little bit now for folks who are concerned like yourself, I, I mean, 
If I listen to my wife, I should be more concerned than what I'm, I am. But I'm a even-if person instead of a what-if person. And uh, I, I sit there and I, and I go, you know, I'd really like to get out there and, and uh, you know, do this. I need to go and get that and so I can do this at home and stuff. So even if I would catch the disease, you know, my, my faith tells me I'm going to be all right. But if you don't want to, you can stay home. You know what I'm saying? That is by far the best argument uh, and a good one at that in support of opening or opening more quickly, which is people can make individual choices. There is a lot of truth to that, although it's not entirely dispositive, because remember, the problem with this is that if you put a bunch of people out there, many of whom, as you described, may uh, presumably this is a guess may have may be asymptomatic, they are going to transfer that disease to other people who won't be asymptomatic. And so uh, you get to a point in which it spreads enough that now you've greatly increased the distribution of this disease. And so, yes, I get to make a choice to stay in, but I want people who have a disease to also not be out there spreading it because they've made the choice for themselves to go out. Meaning it's one thing to make a choice for yourself to go out. It's another thing to make a choice for yourself to go out knowingly or unknowingly and spread disease to other people. And yeah. that's the balance. Yep, and, I, and I agree with that. I, I totally yeah. agree with that. Just think you could be Vincent Price and be the last man on earth. Sometimes I think that won't be bad. I'm just <laughs> joking, Dave. <laughs> I know you are, but that that's a perfect Robert Steinbach answer. There you go. So let me ask, what do you think about these rules that governors and mayors and county leaders have instituted across the country? It should be a very uh, large and loud reminder to all of us that if you give government more power, they may take more power than you're really willing to give. I mean, out in Colorado, a, uh, a county decided that if you weren't from their county, you couldn't drive on their roads. Uh, you got uh, Mayor Blah Blah Blasio telling people in New York uh, City, if you see somebody that's not practicing social distancing, take a picture and send it to the police and they actually have a specific word and number to send it to so they can uh, Is that word Gestapo, them. by the way, Dave? Yeah, you know, that word... sounds... I knew he was a socialist, like I said earlier. I knew he was a socialist, but I didn't know he was an East German socialist. Uh, exactly. Just absolutely amazing to me. Uh, I mean, look, the lady in Michigan, you can't buy seeds right now. You can go out in a kayak, but you can't go out in a motorboat. What the heck is wrong with these people? Uh, Dave, you raise such an important question. I believe that the only people that can be regulating the behavior of citizens right now are governors and the president. That's it. All of these petty potentates like the dismal mayor that we have in Little Rock and all of these other county executives that you see outside of Arkansas uh, trying to crack the whip, that idiot Bill de blah, blah, Blasio, uh, want to make a name for themselves 
want to look like they're they're the Al Hags of today day of today's day. <laughs> I'm in charge here. Excuse me, we don't need you to be in charge. Go manage a budget. This is what I find hilarious about all of these little petty despots. They seem not to understand what their role is. 99% of their job is to move money around. And they believe, by the way, generally to raise taxes, which is entirely wrong, as you know. So when Bill de Blasio says, go commit what the Nazis did, that's right, I said it, Dave. Yeah. Go do what the Nazis do. Go report your neighbor to the police for not social distancing. Listen, I just told you that I'm the germaphobe that doesn't want people to go out any quicker than they need to. But report them to the police? Come on. May I borrow a Joe Bidenism? Come on, man. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. This guy has never found an opportunity, never missed an opportunity, Bill de Blasio, that is to exercise some petty potentate power that that embarrasses the rest of the country in terms of how a mayor of New York operates. Yeah, and just so none of it. incredible. And go fishing. Go fishing is probably the smartest thing you can do. You're out in the middle of nowhere, out in the middle of the water, getting food, not in a supermarket, that, by the way, you, you're not catching and releasing on that one. Uh, uh, out in the, you're not going to supermarkets. Who are you infecting? The, yeah. I go, like I described, I go out running. And I'm, as I mentioned to you, I don't like these families that put their kids in the middle of the street. It's not safe for, for the families. By the way, it's not safe for me because then I can't get through the street easily as well. So if, if they're doing these things where you've got to stay in the house, it's absurd. You can go out on the street. You can go out on your property. But some common sense. And, by the way, the police should be patrolling. And if they see kids in the street, if they see groups congregating, they should go out over the loudspeaker and say, listen, folks, come on, look common sense here. Break it up. Uh, But this excessive desire to do something, that's, of course, what's wrong with leftism in general. It's the belief that government... Involvement, government exercise is always better than the opposite, than nothing, than just doing nothing. And it's not always better. So now, during a time of a pandemic, when government should have some involvement, that involvement should be, and by the way, legally is, restricted to the president and the governor of of each of our states. All right. uh, The story just breaking right now. A key benchmark of U.S. oil prices has now plunged to a 21-year low uh, today. The uh, oil is now down 37.2% just today to $11.46 per barrel. We'll talk with uh, Robert Steinbach about that when we come back. Remember, Robert is a law professor over at Bowen School of Law. His opinions are his and his alone. Time to get a break in. Let's do that now on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and I left you with that story about oil, which is unbelievable. It is taking it's not just taking a beating. It is being pummeled uh, uh, on the market today. It's just incredible. 
and I've been following this story this morning uh, because this really this really concerns me. Uh, a lot of people probably saying, eh, it ain't a big thing, Dave, but uh, there is a big thing when, when oil uh, falls nearly 32%. That, that's just a huge drop, huge drop. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's almost below $11 a barrel. Good God, that's incredible. And I'm looking uh, yesterday uh, going out. We had to pick up some uh, gas yesterday, and I think when we filled up, it was a dollar uh, sixteen a gallon. Wow! Uh, in uh, in Cabot, and I saw a sign up as we were driving to Searcy that had a dollar nine, and I've read stories that there are places in Arkansas where it is now ninety five cents. A gallon oh in some God, places. Oh, my God, that is crazy. Yeah, it's real crazy. And I know that, you know, a lot of us that have to drive, and there's a lot of us that drive and drive significant miles every day. But I'm just telling you, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll expand on this in a moment because we're coming up on uh, Rush Limbaugh. This is not really all that good for us here in this country. I'll explain why to you when we come back. Robert Steinbach is our guest. He'll join us as well. Chris Corbett at 8. But Rush Limbaugh right now at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Rush, what say you? All right, so oil prices have just had the bottom, literally the bottom drop out on them today. They are down now 27 percent uh just this is incredible that they're this low uh, a barrel of oil right now is at 11 uh just a tad bit above 11 dollars a barrel so the link between the price of crude oil and the cost of let's say gas at a U.K. filling station can at times appear to only be correlated when commodity prices go up. Uh, the oil companies, and to a lesser extent the grocery retailers, have not always been willing to pass on the benefits of a fall in oil prices. That behavior has uh, flown in the face of uh, a lot of different things. However, at a time when the restrictions are curtailing travel, both commercial and domestic, demand for fuel at the pump has declined dramatically. Uh, again, um, gas sales in the U.K. This is U.K. I don't have numbers for, the, for America, Robert. Listen to this. Uh, gas sales have declined by 75% in the U.K., with diesel sales off by 70 one percent. Now, if we're neither near either one of those, no wonder there is a uh, an ocean glut of oil out there. Incredible, that kind of a drop, because people uh, are 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 having this stuff happen. It's just incredible. By the way, I've got a special guest for us here for a few minutes. Be, are you ready with? questions about what's going on in the GOP here in Arkansas and and uh, nationally? Absolutely. All right. Let's welcome Doyle Webb, the chairman of the Arkansas GOP. Hey, Doyle, 
Thanks for joining us, and welcome uh, here to the Dave Ellswick Show. Did you just hear the the numbers I was giving about oil and gasoline? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I heard I heard the number on the on the diesel, which was down close to seventy five percent. Unbelievable. With it, as many trucks are out there serving yeah. the public, uh, that's that's kind of amazing. You know what? Yeah, that may be. They must be the only ones driving. That's right. <laughs> I'm just I saying. Know, I, I have I have been out a little bit, not a lot. You know, you you, you can't live and not get out some. And uh, the, although the roads are pretty doggone clear, it's amazing that the people yeah, that follow followed the suggestions and the recommendations. Uh, you know, I, I think our governor did the right thing by by making suggestions, if you will, and not entering an, a stay-at-home order. I think uh, we, Arkansans and conservatives, uh, know what's best, and we don't have to be told what's best, you know, and don't have so, to be threatened to be arrested, you know. So, so maybe maybe you know and you can share something with us. Have you been talking to the governor? governor? When are we going to start seeing uh, him uh, put some uh, – pressure on the accelerator a little bit for the economy here in arkansas well you know we have to we i'm going to take him at his word uh no reason not to that uh may 4th is the date uh i think with the numbers coming down uh you never know but i know that he's being very cautious uh health wise but uh uh, May the 4th, which I always think of as Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you. Okay. <laughs> hey, I incidentally want to tell you, you didn't know that you have a downtown Benton location now. Here I am, downtown Benton, calling in. Uh, you know, your reach is out there. I can see the, the clock at the Saline County Courthouse while talking to Dave Ellswick. How All about right. that? Our, our reach is well down into the southern part of the of the central Arkansas. The, red, the, very, the where, very red part of Arkansas. The red. Yes, part. absolutely. Right. You know, it, you know. Speaking of that, and and Robert Steinbach is on the line too. Jump in whenever you want to, Robert. Morning, Robert. A, well, morning. As as red as it is down in Saline County, an area that's becoming more and more predominantly red is Craighead County up in the northeastern side of the state. Is that not correct? That's correct. Dave, what we're seeing, not Craighead, but all of the 1st Congressional District. You go, you know, you can start, the 1st Congressional District starts way over in Baxter County, which has been red for a long time, but then it swoops around to Craighead and down to Chico, and uh, there is more excitement in that area uh, because they are growing a Republican Party and, and excited about being Republican and being red. Their, their district convention in which they elect delegates to the national convention, I think, will be the, the most attended of the four congressional districts. Wow. That's impressive. It says a lot. It says a lot up there. We, uh, uh, you know, we've, we've got people in, uh, we've, we've got a great candidate for state rep running down in uh, Phillips County, mm-hmm. uh, David Tollett uh, running down there. He was running against uh, Chris Ritchie, who has, if he hasn't resigned, he's soon to resign. 
to come home to Sling County to run the Boys and Girls Club here. Uh, but we feel good about David over in, over in that area. We've had the Arkansas County judge is a Republican. Uh, we've elected some Republicans down in Chico County. But Crickhead, I'll tell you this, Crickhead, it's unbelievable the strength and excitement that is there. And and for years, you could see it coming. Uh, even when Governor Huckabee was governor, uh, the crowds at their Lincoln Day dinner, the crowds at events up there, you could see that there was the desire to express themselves as true uh, red conservative Republicans. But uh, the times had to change a little bit, and the Democrats had to define themselves as the, the true uh, liberals. Uh, I know you want to say socialists, so I'll say liberals right now. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> but uh, there's been all kinds of change up in that area. Green County, Paragool, uh, mm-hmm. it's remarkable. They have a Republican county judge, Republican county judge uh, up in Craighead, of course. As a matter of fact, I think the only elected countywide uh, Democrat in Craighead is uh, the sheriff. And uh, I think he wants to be a Republican. It's just sometimes hard for people who were elected years ago as a Democrat to switch over. But uh, I've met personally with him and encouraged him. And maybe at some point he'll uh, come on over and and join us in the Republican Party. Well, you know that Robert Steinbach, uh, mostly, but even myself, uh, strongly endorsed Dan Sullivan. Uh, in the primary up there in Craighead County, and he uh, he won uh, the Republican mm-hmm. nomination for being state senator. I expect that he will. He's the pre-dump, you know, presumptive uh, elected state sem- uh, senator, but I think he will be the state senator come November. And, and and Robert, I think some of that had to rub off on Craighead County as well. What say you? Well, I think uh, and uh, Doyle can uh, tell us more. Of course, he's the expert. But I think we have this growing movement across the state. And in many respects, Craighead County is amongst those at the, the lead of this, the pinnacle of this, of moving towards continuing to move towards conservative and freedom-based ideas. And these ideas, while conservative historically, I think have gotten lost in the past uh, in some uh, Republican corners. And I think we're now moving into that freedom-based ideology. And Dan Sullivan is amongst those, and his opponent was not. And I'm not asking Doyle to comment on that because that's internal relative to the Republican Party. But I think that more broadly, we have this movement, and that's my philosophy. So needless to say, I agree with it. Doyle, do you think there's something to that? Uh, I absolutely do. And and I appreciate you're not putting me on the spot on on a primary. As you know, I I stay neutral in that. But as I look around the state, and if you will look – Uh, our primary battles, it it appeared to me that, as you would say, freedom-based or or maybe the more conservative candidate uh, Mm -hmm. prevailed in the primary. 
this time, and and that's that that's an evolution of the party. Uh, as I have said for a long time, if you don't like the Republican in office, that we have primaries that will make the determination of who represents you and what kind of representative you you want. But I think you're exactly right. I think that. Uh, uh, we we are seeing a shift to a more conservative uh, uh, party, uh, and I think that will continue as we are the conservative party in the state, uh, and the Democrats are the liberal party. It, it's only natural that it will evolve that way. All right, we got to get let a me, break. Let in. me say this. Let me let me throw go this. ahead. Oh, if you've if got a minute. The other yeah, thing I think it has taken a while as we have become the majority party and Republicans are at the county level and so forth uh, to find out what it is to be a Republican. You know, for so long, uh, they were Democrats and they did this and they did that. And then Republicans come in and they do this and they do that. But we have to find our base, our our uh uh, you know, who we are as conservatives and take that into the county level, not only the state level, but the county level and be responsible for the things that we do. All right. We need to take a break when we come back. Big things to brag about concerning the state of Arkansas and our uh, congressional Republicans and our Senate Republican leaders. Uh the president has put several of them on the opening of, uh, you know, the, the country. And we want to talk about that with everybody. And then uh, I want to talk about if the Democrat Republicans would win back the House and uh, we hold the Senate. I'd like to talk about that because there's some interesting chairmanships that could happen if that occurred. And there could be a lot of Republican power in the state of arkansas quick break and then more doyle webb is our guest he's the chairman of the arkansas gop he's talking with us live robert steinbach is here as well the dave ellswick show 101.1 fm uh the answer don't forget about pi roofing pi roofing wants you to know they understand about the covid19 virus they understand that you want to keep on doing social distancing so they fixed it up that if you need you know your roof to be looked at and and you need to make a decision on replacing your roof they can do that and still have social distancing uh, they can do all the paperwork they can talk to you about cost they can deal with your insurance company they can do all of that over the phone or over the internet they don't need to come to your house uh, they don't uh, and and meet with you or shake hands with you or even touch elbows with you they can do all of it and keep all that social distancing going and keep your family safe their workers safe and their company safe because uh, the folks at pi roofing want you to know they can take care of your roof and you don't have to worry about it that's the last thing you should have to worry about when you got a virus hanging around the way it has been so don't worry about that just let the folks at pi roofing take care of you you can find them online piroofing.com or call them 707-3551 pi roofing tell them dave sent you we've got 10 minutes remaining here in the seven o'clock hour 
Uh, coming up at 8 o'clock, Chris Corbett will join us, uh, us being myself and uh, Robert Steinbach. Uh, I'll be in with two lawyers, so if I get to say anything, it'll be, it'll, I'll be lucky. Uh, Doyle Webb is with us right now. Uh, Doyle, of course, is the chairman of the Arkansas GOP. He is the longest-serving state chairman in the Republican Party of, uh, of the USA, and uh, he has done a yeoman's task, a great job here uh, in in Arkansas. Let me just tell you, I've known Doyle since he was kind of the handler for the uh, uh, lieutenant governor, Wynn Rockefeller, back in the day. And uh, he's been a good friend ever since. And, and Doyle, let's get back. And I was referring to this uh, as we went into the break. Arkansas stands if if... We can turn the House red and the, and the Senate stays red. Arkansas stands to be, I believe, the most powerful state in the union as far as uh, people who are involved in the hierarchy of the, uh, the Congress, whether you're in the House or you're over in the Senate. Let's, let's run these, these down. You got Womack from northwest Arkansas that if the House goes red, he will be head of the House Appropriations Committee. And to be honest with you, I think that is the most powerful committee in Congress. Then you have Westerman could be head of Natural Resources. Uh, Crawford could be head of the uh, uh, Ag Committee. Uh, French Hill works very closely with the president. There's something that they're planning for him. I do believe that. And then over in the Senate, uh, Senator Bozeman, uh, if uh, things say uh, copacetic, we should see him the head of the Ag Committee. And who knows what Tom Cotton's going to do? I mean, I don't know if Tom Cotton even stays a senator. He'll hate me that I said that. And and doesn't end up as Secretary of Defense or something. Uh, so I'll let you talk about this. It's incredible how much power has congealed here in this state. You know, Dave, your 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 observation is absolutely correct, and I, I think it relates back to the fact that Arkansas uh, led the way in becoming red state back in 2010, as we elected, as we shifted, and we've continued to shift uh, redder and redder. Uh, that that means that our people in the Congress. Uh, uh, and in the Senate, have gained seniority. And we all know that seniority in those two bodies is what's important. And I, and I want to add that I think that as you have a, uh, uh, gone through and looked at each one of those, it, they are powerful positions. But in addition, they are very, very, very important to Arkansas. When you talk about agri, you talk about appropriations and money. You think about the Little Rock Air Force Base. You think about other things. You know, the McClellan Kerr navigation system on the Arkansas River just didn't happen. It happened because Senator McClellan and Senator Kerr from uh, Representative Kerr from uh, Oklahoma, I'm not sure what office he held, were powerful people that helped bring those funding, that funding into the state. So uh, I'm excited, I, and I'm, I want to say this of Tom Cotton. Tom Cotton has been a great, great friend of, of the people of Arkansas. He's a great, great friend and advisor to the president. And I think Tom Cotton can do whatever Tom Cotton wants to do. I, I think I his, 
his his star chart is set. He just needs to figure out which direction he's going to go. And I envision at some point I'll be able to vote uh, for Tom Cotton for president uh, in the days ahead. And I'm not sure when that'll be, but I think he has a lot of ground to plow between now and then, and it'll be it will uh, raise some good crops for us down here. Right, he's a young guy, and you know. You listen to that, Robert. That's got to excite you. Absolutely. Look, we've known that Tom Cotton is a rising star in part because of his age, meaning he has all that potential in front of him. And, of course, as we all well know, the media criticized him for positing amongst many reasons or causes, I should say, for the pandemic was that it leaked out of this facility in China in which they investigate viruses, perhaps for military reasons. And they all called him a conspiracy theorist. Oh, until yeah. now, everybody, now the mainstream is saying, wait, that might be true. And he never said, by the way, it was. He listed like five possible causes, that being one of which, and he quite clearly said it wasn't even his top likely choice. But this is the left, right? If it comes out of the mouths of conservatives, it's got to be wrong. Trump was uh, um, shut down uh, uh, much of the immigration from China. Bill Maher, by the way, says, well, he didn't shut down all of it. Well, he shut down some of it. How is some not better than none? And Nancy Pelosi then says, oh, we need to go to Chinatown. We need to go out and interact Mm -hmm. with people. And somehow Trump's shutting down travel, which is a benefit, was worse than Pelosi's telling people to go out and interact. This is the left at work, Dave. You will never see them give an honest interpretation of what a conservative has said. Okay, so we got uh, three minutes to go. Let me ask you, uh, Doyle, bring us up to date of what you think will happen in August. Do you think we're going to convene in North Carolina? Uh, there, There are no plans not to convene. Let me say that. There are no plans not to convene, which means it's full speed ahead. We're looking to have the convention the last week in uh, uh, August. We're excited about that. Uh, we are, we are In Arkansas, we're in the process of electing delegates, as all other states are. You know, there may be some modifications to it. You know, I, I'd, we may not have as many visitors in the hall, but it's my understanding from being on the inside that there is no plan B at this point. It's full speed ahead. We're going to nominate Donald J. Trump for a second term, and he will be elected the president of the United States again. I'm going to give you a minute and a half. The Democrats hate Donald Trump, and it shows that they're willing to punish American businesses by holding up all of these different funding proposals and stuff for business here in the United States. You know, as my mom used to always say, don't cut your nose off to spite your face. And uh, the Democrats are cutting their nose off to spite their face. They hate Trump. If he says up, they say down. If he says blue, they say uh, green. Uh, It's it's time that we continue to unite. Our excitement is there. We can win the presidency again and carry this full carry this country forward. We will hold the Senate and we can pick up the Congress if we work hard to do it. 
I like how you, when you said uh, Trump says blue, they say green because they'll never say red. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joel. Very astute. Very astute. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. Thanks so much. Tell everybody Thank I said hi you. over there at the building. All right? Thank you. Appreciate you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Joel Webb, uh, the uh, chairman here of the state GOP, and he has done. And I know there's some people who don't like Doyle, but I, I got to tell you, uh, the chairman we've had uh, in the, the Republican Party, the state Republican Party, he has done fantastic. I mean, he's done in December. I don't know. Whoever takes his place got big shoes to fill. All right, when we come back, Robert will continue to be with us. Uh, and uh, Chris Corbett will join us. Chris is a lawyer in Conway. Uh, Robert and I are working on him to run for state uh, senatorship in a couple of years, but he's going to join us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It is a Tuesday. You're going to be late for work in 30 seconds. It's going to be 8 o'clock here at 101.1 FM, The Answer. Final hour of Dave Ellswick show for a Monday. I was being a little uh, facetious and ahead of myself when I told you it was Tuesday. It is Monday. And because it's Monday, I said it was Tuesday because I hate Monday. So we're, we're glad to have you with us. Uh, uh, Robert Steinbach, uh, law professor from the Bowen School of Law, is uh, with us as well. Uh, his opinions are his and his alone. And uh, he 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 ups them, he takes them, and uh, I am one that believe that if uh, Bowen School of Law and UALR would be better, they'd be better served if they would follow his opinions as well. Also, uh, somebody joining us today hasn't been with us uh, in a few months. Good to have him back with us. Chris Corbett from the Conway area is with us. Hello, Chris. How are you doing, my man? Bring Thank us up you for having him. I'm doing good. I'm surviving. You know, I feel like I'm in a time warp. I feel like time has slowed down, and I'm, it's just so odd and strange. You're not walking around singing that song, are you, from, uh, uh, you know, the great musical, are you? I don't know. Let's do the time warp. You know, you're not singing that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You don't want to, you don't want to be there. Some, some crazy good movies like Back to the Future. I've introduced my kids to some great old 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 movies that I I consider like I saw them yesterday, right? But they really came out in the eighties. Yeah, are you not freaked out that Back to the Future is thirty five years old? Yeah, I'm freaked out. That's my whole point. <laughs> I'm thirty five years old, man. What's going on? <laughs> thirty five years old, and I saw they had a big deal with it at uh, TMC. And Michael J. Fox showed up, and uh, God bless him. He looks like he's doing all right, even though his Parkinson has gotten worse. But uh, he looked great, and oh, it man, was a, right? it was really, really fantastic to see him again. 
Uh, Christopher Lloyd Good. is still alive, looking as crazy as always, and uh, <laughs> nice. that's just that's just a great movie. It's such a fun movie. It I, is. It's a good movie, man. You know, I mean, uh, that had some great actors and actresses in it. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies. I really like it. I saw. I've seen a couple of movies. I've watched a lot of TCM. Uh, over the last weeks, guys. And uh, Robert, it's been interesting. Yeah. They started Sunday uh, with playing, you know, TCM has a big movie festival every year out in California. And so they're doing it virtually this year. And they had an hour interview uh, yesterday. I sat down and watched it with Ben Mankiewicz. And he sat down and talked to Faye Dunaway. And that was an awesome interview. I mean, people forget. I would like, I would like people to see forget. That. People forget how many great movies she has been in. Unbelievable! And of course, they ended the interview up with the one that she won the Academy Award, and then they showed it, and that was Network, which is all, one of my all-time favorite movies of all time. Have you guys seen that lately? Have you gone back and watched Network? No, I haven't uh, seen it recently. Okay, I want you to go back, guys. Go back and watch it. And I tell you, Pat, Patty, uh, was it, uh, I can't pronounce his last name, big Polish name. Uh, Bottom line, uh, had to be sitting in front of a crystal ball. Because what you see in that movie is the media today. It's It's crazy. When they show you the news and it's got the soothsayer in it. It's got the lady looking in the closet for skeletons in the closet. They got the, uh, you know, uh, then, of course, they've got uh, uh, Peter Finch as uh, the angry white man, you know, getting up there saying, I'm as mad as hell and I ain't going to take it anymore. I mean, it is an awesome Awesome predictor of where we are today. Came out in 76. It could have come out in 2018. I'm just telling you, it's amazing how uh, how close uh, Patty was on on the on that uh, that script. Incredible. Indeed, huh. indeed. There's so many of these movies that that operate exactly that way. No, it's a great movie. And another movie I watched uh, Saturday night my wife had never seen. She'd not seen Network. And she just looked at me about halfway through, and she goes, oh, my God, that looks like news today. And I said, yeah, doesn't it? You know, back then in the late 70s, <laughs> uh, in the late 70s, no news report uh, department worth their grain of salt would ever say they reported anything or did any story to try to draw ratings. Now it's just a foregone conclusion. That's entirely correct. Uh, of course, what's, what's that guy from CNN uh, who got kicked out uh, from the White House for a little while? That guy oh, is just yeah. a raving pound. Yeah, that's all he is. You're you're exactly right. Yeah. I know. It's, sorry, his name starts with an A. I can't remember. I try to forget him. Oh, Costa. Just, there it is, it, Costa. Yeah, Costa. I'm sitting here. I was sitting and talking to uh, my wife, and who else was it? And uh, David over in the hyperbaric chamber place in uh, uh, the Baptist Hospital where I spend two hours every day, Monday through Friday at. And uh, he was asking me who was some of the big reporters I worked with when I was in the military because I was a public affairs guy, and I was at, I was at Kelly, and uh, a couple of times uh, we had the shuttle come in. And the guy that was the 
the biggest butt I ever, and boy, how nice that I said it that way, but the biggest mm-hmm. butt I know was Sam Donaldson. That guy, mm-hmm. that guy is as, as disgusting in person as he portrays himself uh, on, on air. I mean, remember when Reagan was president, he was always yelling at the president. Do you guys remember that? He was a costume. Oh, yeah. You know, he was Acosta yeah. before Acosta knew he was Acosta. And Sam was <laughs> terrible about that. Anyway, enough of me talking about this stuff. This is not the important stuff. It's just I just want people to know that there are movies uh, that have been made 30, 40 years ago that their truths that they unveiled 30 and 40 years ago today are even more true than they were when that uh, movie was released. And I can tell you when the Dave Ellsworth Classic movie comes back next year, and we got, we're going to get back to, to it here in the near future, I think we probably will, in May, will get the chance to show uh, Titanic when it, uh, it shows as a classic movie. But I'm going to show Network again. Because I, I, if you're, if you're a, a political news hound, you watch that movie and you'll, you'll sit there with your mouth open. Of, of what you see on the screen. And the other movie I watched Saturday night that my wife had never seen, watch Deliverance again. Well, that's it. Oh, man. Doesn't, it, hey, doesn't part on. of that take place in Arkansas? Uh, I, don't, I don't know if they filmed <laughs> any in Arkansas, but I will say this. Chris, come on, help me out. I want you to do this. But come on. Eee! Squeal like a pig. Come on. Squeal like a pig. Squeal <laughs> <laughs> What it does remind me is of ding, 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 ding. Yeah, there you go, dueling banjos and and, uh, and Burt Reynolds and Burt Reynolds. <laughs> you know, there. Oh that man, compound, that, that compound fracture. fracture. I want to tell good. you what that's I think good. as I watched that again. You know, as good as John Voight and uh, oh, what was his name? He was in. He played Luther's hacky and uh, Superman. I can't think of his name right now. He was he was in it as well. But you oh, the big it. guy. I yeah, love John Heavy Voight. duty guy. Yeah, John Voight was great in that movie. The other, the other big guy. But what, yeah. what was really good is I think that's the best movie Burt Reynolds ever made. Oh, man. He was awesome. I mean, he was really, really good in that movie. He was awesome. So there's two lines out of that movie everybody remembers. Squeal like a pig. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember yeah. the other one? Um, no. Lay it on. Yeah. When the, one, when the guy, the toothless... Uh, Mountain Man looks at uh, John Voight oh, and, says, gosh, yes. and says, you got oh, a pretty my... mouth there, boy. That's right. <laughs> I forgot I'm just about <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm listening. Is that you throwing up back there, Robert? I tell you, it's pretty. It's pretty. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's pretty. A lot of these movie channels. Yeah. Oh, that was such a good movie. Well, a lot of these movie channels are, are, are giving out free 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 access to their movies. Yes. Epic yeah. is free right now. I think Stars is free right now. Yeah, so you can and watch whatever you they're, want they're to. Available on, yeah, and they're available on demand via, via Apple TV. You've got to have that little Apple device. Okay. And I bet you you got that, yeah. right? I, oh, man. My, I've, I've had the time to beef up on my technology skills. I'm still struggling <laughs> with the IP cameras and the Zoom. and the, uh, the It's been tough. <laughs> You're going to figure it out. If anybody yeah. will figure it out, it's you. You are not a Luddite, brother. 
you loved you're like me i love i love te- technology and it's like robert he loves technology the yeah. problem is technology don't love us well, I don't, get it. A, I don't understand it. He's a magician on his phone. He's got the phone doing everything he needs to do. But uh, a luddite, that's a great word. So, anyway, guys, let's take a break. Got to get another break in. Got to pay for the let's bills, keep the lights on. We'll do that. And then we come back. Uh, I'm looking here at some stories that are busting out on Fox News that I thought would be interesting. Uh, one of the big stories that's been ongoing and people have been talking yep. about for the coronavirus is that as it gets hotter, uh, they, a lot of people figure that it will uh, die off because uh, traditionally, medically speaking, coronaviruses do not uh, stay healthy uh, during uh, it, when it gets uh, when it gets hot. Uh, and now there's some people coming out. Well, that's. That's that's not true, and uh, Siegel is busting this myth on some doctors that are coming out and saying that it can survive in uh, high temperatures, and he says that's just a bunch of bunk. It can't. It will die just like any other coronavirus. So we'll talk a little bit about that as well, and there's bigger stories than just uh, that as well. So let's talk about it all when we come back. 18 minutes after 8 here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, uh, The Answer. Uh, Robert Steinbach is, is here with us on the show today. And also uh, with us on the show is Chris Corbett. Chris, a good friend of both Robert and I. And we love having him on with us. And we're going to talk about uh, some other things that are going on out there. And I, I want to find out. Is, is everything just right now uh, at a standstill about Ural's uh, uh, case going on about guns in, in the courtrooms and stuff? We'll talk about that as well. But right now, remind you that David Lucas says, according to Forbes, 96% of Americans, that's 96%, claim uh, that, uh, their, that their Social Security they took it, and then when you look at when they took it, they took the benefits at the wrong time. And by doing that, by making that mistake, it cost them an average of about $111,000. That's a lot of smackers, folks. Can you afford to lose $111,000 over the uh, uh, retirement term that you have for your Social Security income? Learn how you could uh, avoid that with a free Social Security analysis from David Lucas Financial right here in North Little Rock. If you've saved more than 250000 and you have not filed for Social Security, you need to learn when to do it, how to do it. Uh, be one of the first 10 callers right now so you can s- schedule your free analysis so that you won't lose a bunch of money in retirement. And, I mean, you're at home, you're not doing anything. What better thing to do than set that up and do it with David? Call 501-222-3315. This free analysis can be done over the phone or video conferencing. Don't have to go in and see David. Call 501-222-3315. <coughs> Excuse me. That's 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial, an Arkansas registered investment advisor. More 
Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, we've got traffic, we've got weather, we've got everything you need at 8.20 in the morning on a Monday. Yeah, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. And earlier in the show, uh, Robert and I talked about what is really, to be honest with you, uh, the number one story that's out there. And that is, when is it the right time to uh, reopen uh, the economy? I feel we can go ahead and, and do that. Texas is going ahead with it today. Uh, I read where Vermont is. I read where, uh, who else was it, North Carolina uh, was going to start reopening uh, the uh, uh, the economy today. Uh, the governor saying May 4th is when uh, he thinks he'd like to see that happening. Uh, I'm of the opinion I think you need to go ahead and start doing this. Uh, I'm I'm more of a, and I talked about this at the very beginning of my show, guys, there's people that are what-if people, and then there's people that are even-if people, and I'm an even-if people. Let me explain real quick. A lot of people go through their lives saying, what if this happens, what if that happens? I happen to be a person of faith. And I, I, I tend to think this way. Even if that happens, my God is the most, impo- is the most uh, powerful uh, being in the universe, and he'll take care of me. So even if that happens, uh, I'm not worried about it. I'm just telling you, I think that it's time to, to start. I'm not saying just throw the doors open, you know, and, and jam down the, on the accelerator and, and burn your tires or whatever. But I think we can start really reopening things. I know where, where uh, 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 Robert stands. Let's ask you, where, where are you on this, Chris? How, how are you feeling about it? My, as a as a as a microbiologist and and being experienced in aseptic techniques and understanding viruses and bacteria, my my first when I first when this first came out, it was containment, and then the second thing was treatment, and um, I was harping on that with my friends, containment, treatment, containment, and then now I've kind of modified it to containment testing treatment if we could we need like a bring back these old remember the old pay phones you walk into a booth we need these coronavirus testing stations everywhere like i mean almost like a badge you can walk in and i'm tested i'm free um and if they could ramp up the testing would be fantastic make people feel better but that doesn't mean we can't stop um, washing our hands and using these masks because that that takes you back to step one, which is containment. That's all we've got right now. So red tests, uh, containment, and what that does is it flattens the curve. So if everybody, if there's a um, you know some sporadic outbreak, it doesn't overwhelm our our healthcare system uh, because this thing is deadly. I've talked to a, a couple of my buddies that are MDs, and this thing's brutal. It, it tricks you. You feel like you get you get sick, you get fever, you feel like you're getting better, and then wham, it hits you again and puts you in ICU or something. Um, so, but opening back up, my opinion is. Opening back up the economy, yes, with uh, protective measures, masks, washing your hands, social distancing, and then testing. We've got to have these quick test procedures. And the other thing is, I haven't seen a lot of it, but being having a bachelor's and a master's in civil engineering, the way you disinfect sewer is with UV light. Um, there's a joke. Um, you know, everybody used to say, get you some of that 232 nanometers. That's a wavelength. 
that you can uh, use to disinfect things. Um, now, I don't know about the time frame, but you hit it with UV light and it kills viruses, it kills bacteria. And um, it, maybe we need a bunch of UV lights on every entrance to every door. Well, that's, uh, it's, that's really that done. That's w- weird that you say that. We've got two minutes before we've yep. got to be into Sean Hannity. But I remember mm-hmm. as a kid, if you went to the dentist, if you went to see the doctor, they had a little thing yeah. that they set on the shelf, and all of their instruments were under UV light. Now, it's not that way yeah. anymore. They open a package up, and it's already supposed to be, be uh, you know, taking care of it. Uh, supposed to kill all yeah. the germs and whatever. But that UV light's always been a part. There's still, you can, you can buy it where you put your toothbrush in this tube, and when you close it up, uh, a, a UV light comes on, I think, for 60 seconds, and that will kill everything that's on the bristles of your yeah. toothbrush. And let me tell you what, your toothbrush, your toothbrush is infested with uh, uh, bacteria. and <laughs> terrible. Yeah, you're just sticking it back in your mouth, you know, not to mention that your wife may have used it the day before to clean around the toilet. I don't know. Uh, it's just, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, 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 it's terrible. But, yeah, I think that UV light would be kind of an interesting thing. Now, it's dangerous. I mean, you can't, sit and, st- you can't sit and stare at it, and that would be no. something that you'd have to figure out how to protect people from their eyes and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. If if you could walk in a door and you had a UV light and you just you put up a sign that said "close your eyes as you walk through" and you did that, yep. and in in that matter of a seconds, it would kill ninety nine point nine percent of the bacteria on you. It's like walking around yep. with a can of lice a lice spray. That's, well, yeah, that's let's, right. let's come back. We'll talk about all of that here on the Dave Ellswick okay. Show, and then let's also talk, Robert, about uh, Americans are a free people. And how do you how do you how do you keep doing this? I mean, if the if the American people said, "I want to be free to to go out and eat," well, don't we just kind of need to find out how we rearrange our restaurants so people can do that? Here's Sean Hannity now on the Dave Ellswick Show. This is Dave Ellswick Show. I am Robert Steinbeck filling in for Dave while he has stepped away. Chris, are you there? I'm here. I'm I'm, I'm managing the technology. Sorry, I dropped off Indeed. while ago. What's that? Sorry, I dropped off while ago. I'm on a Google Voice Not, number. We're, we're welcome. Chris, let's talk about what I'm seeing in the press. It's really remarkable yeah. to me. That is that every time Trump didn't do what, in retrospect, would have been better to do, meaning, obviously, in the beginning, few people were able to predict the fact that this pandemic would be as bad as it is. Now, don't get me wrong. There were some people out there that said, look, it's coming. It's going to be bad. And they were right, and they deserve credit for that. And uh, right. Trump was not amongst those who, was at the, who were at the very forefront of this, but he was more so, let me emphasize this, more so than the Democrats. So he shuts down uh, uh, immigration from China and apparently not 100%, meaning he let Americans who were traveling back from China back in. That's kind of different, right, than letting foreign nationals in from China. And at the same time, Nancy Pelosi and Bill de blah, blah, Blasio are saying, you need to go out, (laughs) go out, that is, Chris, and go down to Chinatown. And Trump now is being accused of not being aggressive enough 
when he was more aggressive than Nancy Pelosi and Bill de Blasio. And so on Fox News this Sunday, Chris, um, I forget his last name, asks, uh, Wallace, that is, ask Nancy, wait a second, wait a second, Nancy. You were telling people to go out and go down to Chinatown. And she said, oh, but you see, what I was doing was trying to offset the racism. Because, Chris, a Democrat, a leftist, has never missed an opportunity to call a Republican a racist. They think because both of them start with R that they're equivalent. So she tries to create this fiction this fiction, I tell you, whereby she says, I wasn't telling people to interact. I was telling them to fight racism. Guess what? You can fight racism from the comfort of your own home. When you tell people to go out to Chinatown, you're yeah. telling them to interact. And people, and rather Trump was saying, don't accept, and he, and he stopped it, uh, travel from foreign nationals from China, that protects Americans. So when the left criticizes Trump for not doing enough, well, they did even less. And I don't hear the media uh, commenting on that at all. What say you? Yeah, the media is still so biased. And when I, when I first heard some of those reports, it reminded me of, of that the saying that Dick Cheney had, you know, Trump was operating under known knowns and known unknowns. We, we didn't have all the information. So he, he made the best decisions with, with like A, B, and C, right? He had some criteria. He made a decision. <clears throat> and when new information came out, he pivoted. He made another decision based on new information. And um, he did shut down um, travel from China. We got to remember, China hid this thing, and uh, it's not racist to call it a Chinese virus, just as it's not racist to call it Chinese food. What, is, a, is pizza not Italian food? Come on, man. This, it's outrageous <laughs> what they, they've tried to take and spin this thing. And uh, well, but, uh, Bill, Bill, Go ahead. Bill Maher, to his credit, uh, pointed out that uh, descriptor of Chinese virus. Now, I don't care if you call it Chinese. I don't care if you call it right. Wuhan. Right. I don't care if you call it COVID. Yeah. But they're all equally valid, is the point. And uh, Bill Maher, who, as we've talked about before, when it comes to the political correctness, is entirely on the right side. He had a show 20 years ago called Politically Incorrect, obviously <laughs> decrying the dangers of political correctness. And he pointed right. out that this is how we always name viruses, meaning after the location in which it began. So now I was like, well, that's racism. And, and shutting off immigration uh, and travel from the country that has the disease, the outbreak in which it was created, in which it sprung right. up like a mushroom or by design. Let's, by the way, put that as a possibility. And Trump is a racist, and therefore Nancy and Bill de Blasio's instructions to go out and interact with people, well, that was perfectly safe. This is bizarro world, Chris, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... Yeah, well, Good. Hey, Dave, you're back. I mean, yeah, I'm back. Yeah, it's crazy as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the Democrats hate Trump so much that, uh, it, uh, as we heard, uh, you know, uh, Doyle Webb say last half or last uh, hour, 
that if Trump says blue, they say green. Now, they won't say red. Typically, if you said blue, you should say red, right? He's, they're not going to say red because that make him a Republican. But the bottom line is, is that, uh, look, they've, they've stood in the way of, of getting this next uh, piece of legislation ready for small business so they can get their money. I mean, while they've been twiddling their thumbs, I mean, they're literally the ones that are, are fiddling their uh, their violin while Rome is burning. Uh, you know, Pelosi and Schumer, small businesses are going out of business. That's right. They're closing That's down. Right. They're, not com- it's, it's, they're, not, they're not coming back. It's, it's real tough out there. And, you know, we all like movies. I, I saw AMC is looking at bankruptcy, American yeah. movie uh, chain. And I'm like, whoa, man, this is serious. And the small businesses are hurting out there, and this loan was needed. This, if it's a loan, if it's a grant, you know, we don't know yet. Um, some businesses will have to pay it back, some won't. Um, but I'll tell you this, when the Democrats tried to saddle this bill with all kinds of outrageous um, give programs to give out money, it was just crazy when they were trying to pass it for some small businesses, where small businesses being the engine of the economy. Yeah, you're talking about, you know, news, and we were talking about that earlier just because of the movie Network that uh, showed over the weekend on TCM, uh, TMC uh, or TCM. If you watch that, you're, you're like, you got to be kidding me on this, you know. Uh, if yeah. you've been listening to watch it, you know, you look at that. But then you, you look at what media does today. And just media in general, even. I mean, they did a, a, they're doing this special on Michael Jordan. And during the special on Michael Jordan, they had to make sure that Barack Obama and Bill Clinton were in it. And the only way they oh, could do God. it is not as former presidents, but it, for Obama, they did it for former Chicagoan. And then uh, with uh, uh, Clinton, it was Arkansan Bill Clinton, not former president, but former Arkansan Bill Clinton. I mean, they just just cannot help themselves, guys. They cannot help themselves. I mean, (laughs) we talked about this last week, Robert, that there's a great book uh, that's out there called The, uh, The Plot Against America, which shows in a book form how easy it is to slide uh, into, you know, thinking that takes away what makes America, America. But what they've done in making it into a special for HBO is they've, they've painted it as though it's about Donald Trump. The book was written back in the 90s, all right? They're using it as a metaphor for Trump. It's, it's crazy. I'll well, it's really remarkable it. that... Yeah, it's really remarkable as a general matter how the left keeps calling Trump a dictator, but none of their actions seem to fall into the same category. And the face melting from the press is really, it's funny. I'm, I'm downright laughing at some of the things that I see in the news. There's, there's a column today on the opinion page of the New York Times, I pause for a moment because you realize that that's usually the whole front page, meaning I am almost entirely unable to distinguish between the so-called news stories and the opinion stories because the news stories are laden with opinion. That is the truth. I can't uh, claim 
that I am shadowing this at all. They have entirely laid in their news stories with opinions. But there is a a, a denominated opinion story that says, stop airing Trump's press conferences, exclamation point. It's yeah. so over the top. And then there are other uh, opinion pieces where, you know, where they put a period between each word. Uh, I guess this is some kind of 12-year-old girl on Twitter. Uh, by the way, I don't know why it's not a 12-year-old boy, so you can write your letters directly <laughs> to Dave Ellswick. But in any event, 12-year-old girl on Twitter exclaiming something like, stop, period, Trump, period, from, period, etc. And you see this quite <laughs> literally in the New York Times. And I guarantee you this. The more the, the, the leftist press does this, the more you go, are going to see people who are undecided on how to vote uh, lean towards Trump. Because uh, undecided voters who see this say, well, they're just they're unhinged, the left is. And of course, they are, right? I, I've discussed with you, Dave, <clears throat> excuse me, before on your show, how. During Trump's election, obviously, several years ago, I was watching Colbert, and in the beginning, it was a comedy show. They were making jokes. uh, They were kidding around because they were all so sure that Hillary would win. The jokes weren't very funny. I don't mean that as a critique of Colbert. Some of his stuff was funny. Some of it wasn't. These were not terribly funny. They were okay. And then when Trump started to pull ahead, this whole somber mood came over the show. They stopped making jokes. And that's when I started to laugh. (laughs) That's right, Rob. (laughs) Yeah, they all went nuts. Yeah. He made a great point, though. Are you a reporter or are you an opinion columnist? You know, it'd, it'd be nice to know if they'd have that stamped on their head in the, in the corner of their, in their article. Like, I'm a reporter. I'm going to report the facts. And on the other side, I'm an opinion columnist. I'm going to give you the facts with my spin on it, right? You're right on the yep, money. It's, it's exactly the way it works. By the way, talking about Pelosi and her Chinatown uh, mentioned weeks after Uh, Trump enacted travel restrictions on China. Speaker Pelosi urged her San Francisco constituents to visit Chinatown, the Bay City, citing fears that coronavirus was resulting in racism toward Asians, Americans. She said at the time, here's what she said on February 24th. It's exciting to be here, especially at this time, to be able to be uniformed with our committee, uh, community. We want to be vigilant uh, about what is out there in other places. We want to be careful about how we deal with it. But do we want to say to people, come to Chinatown? Here we are. We're, again, careful, safe, and come join us. Now, uh, despite the virus already spreading throughout the U.S. for more than a month, Pelosi declared it very safe to congregate in dense areas, actions that now result in arrest. Uh, we think it's very safe to be in Chinatown and hope that others will come, she said at the time. Then on this weekend on the Chris Wallace show on Fox, uh, the grilling came as Democrats continue to hammer the president, accusing him of not acting quickly enough to combat COVID-19. Pelosi, in fact, has blamed Trump for American COVID-19 deaths, saying that the president underplayed the threat in the early days. Uh, didn't you as well, said Chris Wallace, 
No, Pelosi claimed. What we're trying to do is to end the discrimination, the stigma that was going out against the Asian American community. In fact, if you will look, the record will show that our Chinatown has been a model of containing and uh, and preventing the virus. But forgive me, Wallace interjected. Don't you think, don't you think that you, when you're about walking around without a mask, <coughs> saying that there's no threat, it's perfectly safe there? Weren't you also adding to this perception that there wasn't much of a threat generally? Oh, no. That's Pelosi. I, I had to do it like she would do it. Oh, no. I was saying oh, no. that you should not discriminate against Chinese Americans as some in our administration were doing. That woman does, wouldn't know the truth if it jumped up and bit her in the buttocks. Well, that's exactly right, Dave, and that's it's just the archetype of hypocrisy. It, it's one thing to say, look, we all didn't know how widespread this would be, and, of course, in retrospect, by the way, this is what Fauci said, and they jumped on him wrong, wrongly about it, uh, that in retrospect, it would have been better to take more precautions early on, and there were some people who said that, and those people are deserving of credit. But when Nancy says, well, Trump didn't do enough, and she's out actively campaigning for people to go out to Chinatown. By the way, I've been to Chinatown in San Francisco. It's very nice, and it's very densely packed, much like most yeah. of San Francisco, no less. So going out to Chinatown was absolutely, <clears throat> in retrospect, the wrong advice. And I don't want to hear you just constant exclamation-ridden um, false claims about calling Republicans racist. We were just fighting racism. Well, here's a little clue, Nancy. You don't fight racism by telling people to go out to a crowded environment in which there is a pandemic. So all she had to do was say, you know what? That was a mistake. And then she could go on and make whatever comments she wanted to make. But instead of saying that, she casts the blame on Trump. I think all politicians would do well to do what Fauci said, which is with the benefit of hindsight, of course, doing more earlier on would have been better. I don't know why politicians in general are unwilling to say that. But what you see from the media, and it's just more of the same, is attacking Trump every single time for what the left has done, and in some instances, what the left has done more of. It's the hypocrisy. I've always said on your show, Dave, I find hypocrisy one of the worst sins that can be committed. Some people might say, well, why? Why is that the most important? It's just I can't stand a liar, a two liar, and that's what hypocrisy is, and you're seeing it from the left now, and Dan Crenshaw <clears throat> did an outstanding job of pushing back when Bill Maher asked these questions of Dan, saying, well, didn't Trump say this, and didn't Trump say that, and Dan Crenshaw said, well, what, wait a second, the left was saying the same thing. Now, if you want to ask the question, why wasn't anybody in the mainstream political environment saying we should do more? That's a, an okay question to ask. But when you start pointing only at Trump and you start apologizing for the left, that's not a serious question, nor is it a serious position. All right, break, guys. Back for the last few moments. 
Chris Corbett is with us. Robert Steinbach is with us. It's the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, so I have found a bone of contention with Chris Corbett. Typically, Chris Corbett and I see eye to eye, but we just we were just talking. Uh, I just heard him say that there's word that the commander of the USS Roosevelt may be uh, put back in command. I don't know whether of that ship, that boat, or another boat. But if you remember, he released a letter to some friends, and it leaked to the press. And uh, he was saying that uh, the Navy wasn't doing what they should be doing to take care of the people on the ship. And uh, and, and I've, I've backed the, uh, the person in the, uh, I don't know, Department of Defense that, you know, relieved him of command because he didn't follow the chain of command. Uh, you don't you don't have the same kind of way to handle stuff in the military as you do in the civilian world. Uh, if you're going to release something, you pass it through your commanding officer first, who, by the way, was just a few doors down from this captain, uh, you know, on the same ship. So this guy was uh, grandstanding and deserved to lose his command as far as I'm concerned. Being a former military guy, I'm just telling you, he knew better than to do it the way that he did. So there, Chris, that's where I stand on that. I don't think he should get his command back. Really? Well, um, now, on the on the the way the news reported it, did he or did he not run it up the chain? He did not. That's my question. So he it, did not. If, if he, he didn't he, run it up the flagpole. I'm yeah. telling you. He, well, he, I thought he his, was the his, top dog on. No. I thought that. Oh, he, he wasn't. He was. No. A, he wasn't and, the. The, the captain of the USS Roosevelt. Well, he was. Yeah, However, he was. right right down the hallway from him was the guy that was over him for the task force. See, I thought he was like a, I thought he was on land. My impression no. was that he was out there no. on land, and he, they, they no. called and had a conversation and said, "Hey, look, no. I've got some folks on this boat. I got to nope. do something here." And they were nope. waffling. They're like, "Well." No. That don't matter if they – hey, I'm going to tell you, don't matter even if they were waffling. He doesn't go over them. You go over them, you get what you got coming, I'm just telling you. He's lucky he's not standing up for a court-martial. Oh, man, that, because he didn't follow the chain of command. That's correct. That's UCMJ, brother. Uni- yeah, Uniform Code of Military in, Justice. On that point, yeah, on that Quickly. point, there's folks that have disobeyed some uh, command orders and saved people's lives and got the Medal of Honor. Um, but Amen, not, brother. Did he save lives? Yeah, well, we'll talk about that again when we're together. I'll bring it up. We'll talk about it. Chris, thank <laughs> you very much. Thank, thank you, you much. Yeah, sure thing. Robert, thank you. Hey, everybody, we'll back with you again 6 a.m. tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show.